go. Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 281, I have Mitch Hankins on the podcast. Now, this is the thing. Normally, if I introduce someone, it's like, yes, they're an author. Like, yes, they're an author, explorer. Like, I ream off a number of things. But yeah, Mitch is like, yeah, about uh, ah, inspiring people. Uh, basically, taking their hardship, turn it into fuel for future happiness. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little, but yeah, he's also, you know what? He's also a blogger. Yeah. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I think that's the best introduction I've ever had. Can I like, can I, can I get the copyrights to that? <laughs> um, well, you know what? Like if I, if you want my hype man routines, yeah, I'm, I'm available like a very reasonable rates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just I got it. Sundays. Whatever you want, I'll do uh, it. Okay, no worries. There you go. That's a binding contract. Like, yes, next thing, if you see him killing a man, you know the reason why. <laughs> it's like, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Ah, yeah, Mitch, you, sir. Now, you're an interesting cat because, okay, you're, you're in sunny San Diego. Like, yeah having a good time, living your best life in the States. But you started out in the Netherlands. But how did you come, like, from a good lad, good, nice young lad, like, in the Netherlands, get into the U.S. Air Force? How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, um, I actually, little no secret, my dad's American, so he... Uh, you know, story of his life is he was in the Air Force himself, grew up in Mississippi. Right. Um, obviously, he tried to get quick out of there as quick as he could. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's like oh, no, you have no plans to visit family, I take it. Like Thanksgiving's not too far away. That's going to be one unusual and harsh like moment. There's like tension. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's always there with family, right? No, they're they they're in the best places now. I've I've got family in like see Florida, um, and Texas, and um, um, some other really like really beautiful states. So they they all made good moves, <laughs> and okay. uh, yeah. So my dad he um he was in the Air Force, got deployed in the Netherlands, got stationed over there, and oh, yeah. uh, met a woman he really fell in love with, with mm-hmm. my mom, and he's like, I'm gonna stay and um that's what he did and they had three kids I was the youngest one and my dad said I just want to you know stay here close to my mom's family and um that's what they did so when I turned about 19 I was like well let me go the other way because um yeah just let me do the opposite of what my dad did so I enlisted in the air force from the Netherlands they flew me uh straight into basic training in Texas and uh well that's about 10 years ago now <laughs> so look, okay now i can only imagine like there that that conversation when it first happened where you went yeah i'm joint like i want to join the air force oh it gets better it, it gets even better so like when i was at the recruiter office so you know you take intelligence tests you take all these aptitude uh-huh. tests to kind of figure out what career field you're going to go into 
Well, the first career field I got into put into that I selected was explosive ordnance disposal. So my mom was already like pretty, pretty, um, you know, nervy. So I call my dad and sitting in the recruiter's office, I'm like, Hey dad. Um, and I never call my dad. I always call my mom. So I'm like, my dad's like, why are you calling me? And I'm like, well, can you tell mom that I got selected? Uh, like, no, no, don't like. Any other time I go, you, sir, that, that's cowardice right there. But no, no, like, no, that's just being smart. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Oh. So, okay, explosive ordinance. So, yeah, from practically being an engineer, you ended up, in, like, guiding aircraft in, in an aircraft tower, right? Air yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I bounced around a little bit, um, went from one career field to the other, um, and eventually I landed in air traffic control, which is definitely one of the nicer jobs to land in the Air Force. And um, yeah, learned a lot there for sure. It's a very high pace environment. Um, and I think one of our books, I mean, the books are so big, they're, you know, they're split into separate books because they're yeah. like just thousands of pages. Um, and I loved it cause it's very black and white. It's very like, if, you know, this happens, then this happens. It's very, 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 uh, procedural. And it's, um, it's actually a lot of fun. It's very, like a big puzzle piece okay. and everything gets recorded. Everything can be replaced. So if you're like not owning up to a mistake and saying like, well, I didn't say that, then your supervisor will literally walk over to the recordings and play it back to you. Oh. Um, so it's really something that kind of um highlights your bad personality traits and magnifies them and then you can either go insane or you can kind of try and work on them okay not because i'm i'm building that picture in my head because okay now of all the things you could do especially in the air force now okay there are stressful jobs you can do in the military and like I have not served, but there are like, okay, but if you're in the like frontline soldier on the battlefield, tension, yeah, right. Yeah. Like if you're like, if you're flying a like helicopter, tension, right. Like hmm. flying a fighter plane, tension, right. But air traffic controller, that is <laughs> most probably in the top five most stressful jobs you can have being in the military because everything is going at a thousand miles an hour if, especially if you're going on a very sort of salty day because like things like yeah. fighters are going out equipment like cargo planes are coming in and yeah. yeah you're being recorded and tracked on everything dare i say it are you some type of sadist or masochist, sir? Uh, yes. No, I was kidding. No, <laughs> uh, I would say, I would say, um, you know, if you have a mentality towards like, I really want to grow, like I want to get knocked down. I want to get my ego uh, put in check. I want to come into work, feel on edge all day and get, um, you know, especially as a trainee and kind of get um, broken down and built back up. Like if you have that growth mindset, then then you do well. If you don't, which I didn't at first, um, you do very very badly, and mm. you get you get. Um, I was somewhat. I don't know if the word is lucky, but lucky in the sense that our base was um, 
kind of like a medium traffic area. So if you're like a very high busy fighter base, uh, you know, you can be in training for like a year to two years. Mm. Um, and I mean, I didn't do great. Like the, I think most people that I was in the pipeline with were getting done like six or seven months. And it took me a couple extra months because I was put into extra programs because I was experiencing difficulty, especially because I had a really bad attitude. Um, <laughs> You know, and and I had to learn to stop being, um, I don't know, I guess douchebag is the best word, you know, like really, <laughs> you know, because you come in there and you have like you have to, all these people harping on you. And like you said, you have all these things happening. And one of the hardest things for people to do that we're known for not be able to do is multitasking. And that's what air traffic control really is. It's like doing a thousand things at once, not messing up a single thing or you're getting yelled at. Yeah. Um, so you can either you know you can either decide to hold on to that identity and those insecurities and you can come into work and get beaten down every day or at some day someday you can just decide like i am going to embrace these lessons and i'm going to become a better person um and and i think that's kind of that's something that really makes a big difference it's something i really carried forward um into the rest of my life where i learned you know insecurities and trying to defend them and trying to pretend that they're not there um, that's really just going to cost me in the long run. So when, like, Ken, was there a specific moment or time when you had this or epiphanal moment? Um, yes, I, I think there's a lot of kind of, um, a lot of kind of different moments that come together, you know, separate memories, but I would say mm -hmm. one really big one, um, that definitely stands out to me is I was in the position where you're directing traffic directly. So there's multiple different positions in the tower. Like one person directs uh, the ground traffic, like mm. taxiing aircraft and uh, vehicles and such. And another position um, coordinates a lot of the flight plans. And another position uh, really controls the aircraft directly in the air and does sequencing and such. And I was in the last phase controlling the aircraft in the air and I messed up. And my trainer pulled out my, because you're both plugged in with your headset so they can always override you. And my trainer pulled out my headset and he told me to go home and go kill myself. <laughs> and at that point, um, you know, I just kind of left humiliated. Uh, they made me leave the the, the, the cabin upstairs. Um, and at first I was really hurt. Mm. And then it kind of switched in my head. I'm like, if I can't take a comment like that, which yes, is awful and should never be said to anyone outside of air traffic control. But if my ego can't take a comment like that, how on earth am I going to be directing billions of dollars worth of military equipment in the air? If I can't just ignore a comment like that and let it fly past, because yeah. that's what they're trying to train you. They're trying to train you. Don't get so caught up in your thoughts and your responses to emotions that you lose control. That was always my weakness. I would get so caught up in my emotions, so caught up with feeling bad or pity, whatever, that I got overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you can't control traffic. So it was in that moment that I realized, I don't care what these people have to say to me. All I care about is being able to do my job. They can yell at me. They can tell me, you know, these awful things and I'll just laugh at them. I'll smile at them. Mm. And that was a major transition point because that that point i could actually do the job i could be effective and that's all that mattered right uh would you say it was like your iron sharpening iron moment yes 
Yeah, it really was. Because before then, um, you know, eventually I became a trainer myself and every trainer has very different traits, but, you know, even watching people cry, for example, because it was too much for them. I used to think, I used to see the bad in that, you know, I always used to think, I don't know, I didn't see the benefit of it. And now I really believe in this concept, not just of resilience, right? Because resilience is being able to go through something and bounce back mm. versus anti-fragility, which is not only being able to go through an experience, but taking that experience and learning from it and becoming better because of it, like not necessarily becoming tougher, right? That's really more what resilience is, but becoming more compassionate, becoming more loving. Like the more I got hurt, the more I discovered my love for other people and the more I discovered how compassionate I can be towards other people. So when I saw other people suffering, you know, before that eye-opening moment, I could only identify with that suffering. Like my identity was in that suffering. I thought that's awful, you know, or, oh, that's, that's weak or whatever. And after that experience, I thought it's a growth opportunity. You know, it's like, they're lucky to be going through that because it, it's something they'll carry with them the rest of their lives. If they take the lesson to heart. Yeah, no, 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 that's a very valid point because like, this is a thing. I think many times we think uh, like our emotional state or our mindset should just be one thing. And if you kind of take it like, yeah, it this is a lump of metal. And yes, you can fashion that metal into that one thing. Great. And if you went down the other path, that's another lump of metal. You go, right. Both of these might be quite strong. But if you combine them and turn it into an ally, the sort, sorry, alloy, I can't even pronounce it right now, but it becomes so much stronger. And I think yes. in regards, yes. yeah. yeah. That's how I think we should be approaching it, but we sort of get so caught up in one place or the other, but don't actually sort of blend them together to make it stronger. That's such a beautiful point, right? And that's such a beautiful point. Like I, I've mentioned this a few times, um, you know, talking to people and such, but one thing that's always stuck with me hmm. um, when I was very, very young is that whenever I made these binary judgments, you know, about, um, people or about just judgment towards other people. My mom always used to say, our strength in a society lies in our diversity. And that I have always come back to that where like, you know, just like different alloys coming together to combine something stronger, um, even dogs, right? It's the crossbreeds that live the longest. It's, <laughs> not the pure, it's always a mix that is strongest. And it's the same with people, different um beliefs all these different things just really make things and it comes back to challenging right to resilience anti-fragility mm. so you know that whole air traffic control thing it all comes together perfectly because anytime you get challenged it's really just an opportunity to integrate an opposing view and to become stronger it's not a threat to identity it's an invitation to become more than it mm. yeah i think like you like it's a very valid point to become more than it but i think the like sometimes what people get caught up with and especially in the sort of i wouldn't say crazy world we live in today but i would say challenging world we live in today i think people get so hung up on like one specific either identity trait or one sort of, yeah. bit of mindset that they they fail to see the sort of possibilities 
beyond that whatever that sort of rhetoric is and it sort of like hampers them uh handicaps them in many a sense and many a way where they might be just on the cusp of maybe achieving something great or putting something great into the world uh it's it is a weird world we live in at this present time you know I agree. Yeah, it's so polarized. You know, you can, I mean, you can draw back to, you know, Brexit versus non-Brexit or like, mm. you know, the U.S. is probably a really Come on now. So, um, yeah, like, you know, everything is so polarized. And then um, it, it, you know, I wish I could just tell people and if they were willing to listen, it's like, from my experience, like, the more you're offended by something, the more you're hurt by something, the bigger the chance to grow like don't turn away from it open up towards it with compassion with love with vulnerability it's not going to kill you you know it just it's gonna i don't know what do you think right if you if you, in any instances you get hurt don't you agree that's just a chance to get to know yourself better to get to know someone else better i would say it depends where you are in your stage in life because look when you get like when you get hurt when you're really young or like basically you know, as an adult, just really stupid. You like fail to see the lesson until it you get those 2020 hindsight glasses, you put them on and you look back in, in your life and go, ah, oh, yeah. fucked up at that present time. And like, yeah, rather than sort of dealing with the pain I was going through at that moment, or like basically being able to reach out to someone and go, can you help? Uh, you, you just like get in it. Uh, or you're so caught up in that moment because it's so overwhelming at the time, you can't like go, yeah, I need help. And you'd sometimes need that sort of yeah. one lesson, two lessons, three lessons, where by the time it starts like settling in, like it could be a hundred lessons. And then it's like, ah, like hopefully wisdom actually catches up and you can actually learn from that and basically heal. Not always, yeah. there, you know? That is a really good addition because I feel like you've described my life perfectly. Um, there's definitely been um, beliefs that I formed during my early teenage years and my childhood years mm. that took me decades to unravel, like things that caused me so much pain to the point where I've now built my identity around that, where you know, I felt extremely lonely and isolated. I thought nobody in the world could understand me. And especially with the experiences I have been through, I thought there's nobody in this world that can possibly understand it. While at the same time, also pretending to, um, or very much minimizing it. And this caused me to, well, again, join enlist in the Air Force and move to the other side of the planet. And then in the Air Force, I moved to multiple different states, even after the Air Force. Since then, I've, you know, in totality, I've lived in seven states. I've lived in dozens of cities. And it's only recently, really the past few years that I've actually started forming a community. Before then, I didn't have close friends. I didn't have any kind of close community. It was always just me, myself, and I against the world. Mm. And that was because of what you just mentioned, because uh, I had very different beliefs during childhood and it wasn't in the right phase of life for me to be challenged at that time. I have to ask, what was like, what was one of these beliefs you had in childhood? What sort of drove you to, dare I say it, run? <laughs> run is a very good word. Um, 
my belief, which I still struggle with most days, I don't think that just goes away, but the belief very much was I am undesirable. I'm not wanted. Um, that's a very strong belief I had. So any, you know, typically people interact with me or they, um, they talk to me, they think I'm a very, not to say extroverted, but someone with confidence, someone that wouldn't have these feelings. But, you know, for me, it's been social settings in the past were extremely challenging, like, especially being out you know, for bars or for example, these things like um, I would get really bad social anxiety. I did a lot of self-medication when I was younger as a teenager that was with alcohol. Um, later in my 20s, after the Air Force, it was with weed. So um, it's those were all distractions kind of. And it wasn't until I really started attacking, attacking that belief um when I really started blogging, because I said, well, I don't think I'm the only one with this belief. You know, I don't think, I think there's a lot of us that, that have subconsciously certain beliefs and especially, you know, they're not comfortable things to talk about in our society, especially for men. Mm. Um, that's why I never talked about it anyway. Cause I'm like, who's, you know, they're just going to think I'm a wuss. Like, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, people are going to like me even less. So I didn't. And, um, and, and, I stuffed that away for a long time. So part of my message is really challenging those beliefs because if you actually talk to people about it, they might have a completely different opinion. Mm. Like this is a thing. They, they might have a different opinion to where you're at, but it's also if in that power of that conversation, it might be the very thing what might lead you to that sort of realm of clarity. And I think... Yeah with a lot of like guys today it's how can i put it? uh the sort of the realm of sort of identity of what guys should be and how they should be in this world it yeah. is i would say a little bit of a confusing time um like yeah it's either yeah macho man uh, like that stoic or uh, or yeah like yeah you get uh, exactly yeah you get people, exactly. oh, you need to be in touch with your emotions and stuff like this. And, but if you start like uh, like weeping and like, no, <laughs> you get punished for it, you know? 100%. Then people aren't going to listen. So it's very, um, I mean, it's, it's very much about, I think, the delivery of things mm. and integrating all these different things. Like you just mentioned stoicism. Um, well, I have a bust right there of Marcus Aurelius. Uh, he's not quite in the frame, but he's one of the biggest uh, Stoic philosophers. Mm. Um, and, you know, we have this interpretation even of Stoicism that it's supposed to be like uh, very unemotional and tight lipped. And, you know, that's even how it's defined in the dictionary, right? If you look it up. But if you really go back to the roots of it, that's not what Stoicism was. Like Stoicism was about concepts like sympathia, which sympathia means the interconnectedness of the universe, how we're all made of the same material um, and um, concepts like logos, the reasoning of the human mind, they're not, they were never about um, owning or disowning emotions. They were about bringing everything together into an integrated whole. And what you just said about like, you know, being an alpha man and, and these things that a lot of people kind of tout, it's really just taking one aspect of all these different things that should be integrated into a single person and putting an extreme emphasis on this, you know, and it's like, 
anything out of balance is going to screw you over in the long run. Like we all need to embrace our feminine and masculine energy. But the challenge is really like, how do you tell people that? Like if I go up to a guy and I'm like, hey, you need to be more feminine. Like, how are they going to take that? You know, like, yeah. like, how would you take that? If I told you like, oh, I love how feminine you are. Like, it, it, it's not. Uh, one, I'd be like, going, well, why, thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> like, but this is the thing. I went, what I would simply say is, I think it's a case of, now, I think a lot more people, and like, this is not just guys, it's like lasses as well, like need to sort of like, okay, they really need to sometimes have a bit of quiet time where they reflect on who they are. Because look, you are like one of, like you're a very strong advocate for like, okay, find what true success means to you. Not yes. like not the rah-rah success, like, oh yeah, I've got a Bentley and I've got a private jet type thing. And like, I think so many people get caught up with this, but mm -hmm. honestly, like if you like, I'm not going. No, if you throw back back in the day, uh, success was like, yeah, I brought up a family and stuff. No, family might not be your thing, but right. without that sort of reflection, without that sort of voyage of discovery, your own hero's journey within, not outer, you can then discover what these are the values I have in my like life. And yeah, it might be like, yes, I must like be that guy running through the door, or like, no, I'll be that caring, nurturing person. It can manifest in many different ways. It's just a case of you need to, like, people need to do that sort of hero's journey within. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's really beautifully said. You know, it's, I, as much as I believe that our strength as a species lies in unity. Mm. I and and yeah and and embracing each other and working together um how can you possibly know what you have to contribute what you have to what your gift is if you're allowing yourself to be constantly overwhelmed by an endless stream of dopamine through I don't know walk in the streets and there's you know bright bright sounds bright lights you know at night there's is in cities like it's you're constantly getting overwhelmed there's notifications on your phone there's advertisements and everything you know you've got hell i've sometimes got my my smart home system trying to sell me stuff and I, you know i never signed up for that like there's these constant intrusions and things trying to get our attention that we never get so much as five minutes for ourselves you know you get up and out of bed in the morning and most people snooze it until it's really time to get ready for work it's then it's time to prep the kids and get in the car and people don't have the time to really sit with their own thoughts Mm -hmm. And when we do do that, I've witnessed that people will find a distraction because we've become uncomfortable with sitting with our own thoughts because our society has taught us that being alone will give us, you know, that gives us some kind of FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like, oh, I'm sitting at home alone. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I should be trying to find a partner or I should be, uh, you know, doing things with friends or like, what's wrong with me? Like, we're we're not giving ourselves the space to to get to know ourselves. Mm. And because of that, we have no idea what we have to contribute to the world. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to contribute something or to be valuable, but I think from my personal experience, and I, I can't tell that, I can't you know state that as fact that that's true for everyone, but I think from my experience, I've noticed that for me, a meaningful life 
is one, having a sense of belonging, you know, and two is feeling needed and having some sort of contribution. So being a person of value, and it doesn't have to be um, things like that society teaches us, like having an enormous house or a big paycheck. It can be, you know, known as the person that people can always go to with their problems, or it can be the person that is happy to drop you off at the airport. But just, you know, kind of going within and understanding like how you want to show up to the world, um, that makes a massive difference in your quality of life. And I don't think, I don't think we get to take enough time. And that's not even generally people's fault. Like that's just how our society is structured where, uh, you know, from the moment kids are, are, our children are born, you know, it's, it's, it's school and then it's a job and you're not given a whole lot of time or instructions or given a life's manual. And it, we're all kind of just, left her own devices to figure that out and you can't really blame anyone for not taking that time but you know doing habits such as journaling or reading certain books or surrounding yourself with people that really inspire you or going on um on retreats or having certain meetups with people just kind of things that pull you outside of your comfort zone wherever your curiosity guides you um that is a totally different life than just going through the motions um I don't know how if you would agree with that, but that's that's kind of from my experience. Oh, like you know what? You raised some very like very important points, like comfort zone, like yeah, basically journaling, everything like that. Uh like basically trying to get that sort of realm of discovery. But like this is the thing. Now, this I don't like you have like had a career where whew, okay, yeah. Uh you've worked like after the Air Force, it was like, yeah software engineering, everything like this. Let's just say, okay, uh, depending what stage you are in the sort of a project, it can be very, very long hours and very challenging, especially if something breaks. Now, how did you manage to sort of find the bandwidth to sort of be able to fit stuff like this in? Because that's what a lot of people are like, I don't have the time. I don't, I can't yeah. fit it in. Like, it's the world is just screaming at me in some regards, you know? I love that question because I get asked that a lot. People are like, well, I mean, this is all, you know, that's all fine and dandy. And what you're saying, it's nobody disputes it, but it's always like, how do I find the time? Hmm. Well, it's like, um, it's similar to making your bed. If you don't make your bed and you go about your day and you walk into your bedroom and you look at your bed and see clothes on it, and you see it being a mess, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're going to feel lazy. If you make your bed in the morning and you do that every single morning and every time you walk back in the bedroom and you see these tight sheets and it looks neat, like it was just made, you're going to think I'm in charge of this. I'm in charge of this day. Um, there was, a, I forget the speech, um, but there was a speech done on this by a Navy SEAL. Oh, um, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, graduation. Uh, yeah. Yes. The graduation speech. Yeah. And I actually have his book over here somewhere too. And it's, it's so true. So my answer is make the time in the morning and like my personal morning routine takes an hour, but you don't, you know, I started at like five or 10 minutes. So if people ask me, how do I make the time? Well, can you wake up five minutes earlier? Can you wake up 10 minutes earlier? Like, yes, you absolutely can. Like most people snooze for like a few minutes. So it's, it's, it's not a question of, can you do it in the morning? It's a question of, how badly do you want to do it in the morning? Mm. And the really, 
I always say like, start really small because that way you get to discover if it's something you like, like you don't have to go all out and say like, oh, I'm going to wake up an hour early. I'm going to run 10 miles and I'm going to have a healthy breakfast. Like, no, start small, like see if it's something you like and build up very, really slowly. So wake up five minutes early and take that time for yourself. Don't look at your phone, like just completely ignore it. Don't let control or don't let technology or social media control you because that's what it's doing if you grab your phone the first thing in the morning you are being controlled and don't give them that control like don't don't even look at your phone just take the first five minutes to yourself journal or do yoga or read some inspirational book like do something that makes you feel like you're in charge of your day um you know personally i um take an ice bath and then i look 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 with the phone you get a nice little dopamine hit with a cold bath what mm. <laughs> exactly yeah um i mean it's a way to learn your it's a way to put your 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 body in a stress response and learn to manage it right to breathe through it and you know you're essentially like putting yourself in a mini trauma and then you're you're building the neural pathway you're building the brain capacity to breathe your way through it and that i mean i can't even tell you how powerful that effect is it's like 10 cups of coffee but without any any of the jitteriness it's extremely potent and it has all sorts of other benefits too so for me that's 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 how i start my morning and then i'll journal um then i meditate and then i read um a couple of pages from a book that i think is inspiring like for example um, that book that I just mentioned, How to Make Your Bed um, from the Graduation Speech. Yes. And when you start your day like that, it's completely different versus when you start your day, like hit after hitting the snooze button. It's like how you feel after eating a fast food sugary meal versus how you feel after eating a healthy, you know, vegetable, um, nutrient filled meal. Like you feel so much better about yourself. And instead of surrendering control, of the day to an employer or to social media or technology, you really feel like you started the day in your own terms. And so if you ask me, how do people make time for it? Well, take like five minutes in the morning. If you can't take five, take one minute, like even 30 seconds of meditation is better than zero. You know, you just slowly build up each and every day. Like day one, you wake up five minutes early. Day two, you wake up 10 minutes early or even every week you build up a little slowly. It's just important to to just try and see how you feel. Oh, I agree. No, I totally agree. Because like this is the thing. Like I'm like I'm a strong a believer in, yeah, if you can like basically do two percent better than you did yeah. yesterday, yeah. You like oh, okay. And it's not going to be some type of linear path where you go on this incredible rise. Like, yeah, it's 2%. Yeah, drop, go up one, go up, go up five. But working on that 2% every day helps, like, make that small change. It's like if you ask someone to build a house, like, come on now. Like, you don't just, like, I've got a house and just plonk yeah. it down. You've got to yeah. do it brick by brick, uh, wood panel by wood panel. Like it's, it takes so much time. It takes so much effort and each stage is vitally important. Uh, but I think so many people just want this sort of instant fix rather than having like, like rather than building a cathedral 
uh, in life, they rather will just like, okay, I've got a motorhome. And look, there is yeah. nothing wrong with a motorhome if that's what you want from life. But if you want that little bit more, it's going to take that little bit more effort. And yeah, starting your day a little bit earlier. Like, yeah, maybe watching like a little less TV. Maybe like, yeah, like sort of not distracting yourself by your phone. All of these things, it compounds, like time compounds whatever you do. And when you put it in the realm of the the universal constant consistency, like whatever you do, like, if you do consistent bad things, consistent like your bad things will come to you. If you yes. do consistent good things, consistent good things come to you. And um, yeah, and I've said this before randomly. Yeah, if you're doing good, bad, like a bad thing might happen, but that's life. If you do like bad, a good thing might happen, but that's life. Yes. Uh, yes. It's just what people need to like keep working on. And yeah. Mm. Yeah, I that's yeah. that's that's beautifully beautifully said. I I think the value of a person doesn't lie in their success. The value of a person lies in their effort. And if you are okay with watching a little bit less TV, playing a little bit less on social media cuz it's like an average of 2-3 hours a day. Like that's the average for people. If you just take like 5 or 10 of those minutes and you slowly start building up over time. It's like you said, compound is like, I encourage people look up examples of compounding interest, go to like the online compounding calculators, put like a starting balance in and add like uh, a percentage of how much it compounds. You will be mind blown. Like $10 can turn into millions of dollars given enough, given a few decades. Like it's insane how much compounding interest works to the point where um, even ancient philosophers but people like Warren Buffett call compounding interest their greatest weapon. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's the same with habits. It's the exact same thing, except money is just you know easier to put a number on. But it's the exact same thing with habits. So I think I think you made an excellent point. Like it will compound. You just have to put in the effort. Yeah, you know, I am. Like this brings me to the next point, which I'm curious about. Like mm-hmm. with regards to like you mentioned Warren Buffett invest like. Uh, investments come to mind but like Mm -hmm. with regards to self-investment because we invest time in everything else but self-investment what would you say was one of the sort of main things you started to self-invest in first of all to bring the change or compared to what you invest in today uh books books i remember um one night sitting um on the cliffs here by the beach um Mm. and it was dark out and um you could see the waves through like the mist it was just a beautiful reading spot i was feeling very i would say emotionally challenged at the time like i was just kind of um not in a good space i didn't know why i just didn't feel great that day it happens and i was reading this book by mark sorelius actually the stoic um emperor yes and that's when i realized um meditations is called and that's when i realized i'm having a conversation with someone that died over 2000 years ago and books is essentially there's incredibly smart people right it's a way for them to say how do i pass on my knowledge Mm. to the next generation and 
obviously there's many different ways to learn. Like a lot of the self-investments I made have been um, retreats or courses on websites like Udemy and Coursera or other courses where people taught me things. Um, and I continue to pay for those things to this day, but books are so accessible, like, and cheap, like they're the best way to get started. If you don't like reading podcasts, exact same thing as books. Like there's no difference except their spoken words. Um, if you don't just want the audio, you can go on YouTube or other video, uh, sharing websites, like anything you want to learn about. The idea is just, I think that don't reinvent the wheel. Um, look at someone who's already done what you want to accomplish and then just kind of see what they did to get there. And, you know, that's kind of like a little shortcut you can take and that's reading books, podcasts, all these different things. For me, it was really, uh, consuming that knowledge and applying it in my own life. Mm. My, my, so what is like, what is your least favorite book? Oh, I like that. I never get asked that. I would say rhinoceros success. And the reason it comes so easily to me is because I'll get fired up now. Like this is, uh, <laughs> I, hope I don't offend anyone, but oh my God, like I wish I still had it. I think I burned it. I mean, oh. I was going <laughs> to. I was so offended in so much as I know it, it can't exist. This copy can't exist. <laughs> yes, I'm like, no, it, no, it was like, it talked like this, like, um, like be the rhino, um, charge the world. Um, yeah, it, it was just really, I was like, wait, really? Like, but the thing is, if that works for people, I'm only kidding. I didn't burn it, but I did toss it. But um, like, if that works for other people, that's fine. So I'm not saying it was a, a bad book. Like it yeah. totally could fit some sort of demographic. Whereas, you know, if somebody read my blogs, they could probably, they would probably laugh and be like, this is useless. So, um, you know, everybody has like a different audience, but I would say it was my least favorite book just because it was all fluff and it didn't actually have any content. It was literally just amping you up to do like what? It didn't set any goals. It, it didn't have any, yeah. Be be the rhinoceros and just like charge it. I'm like, what? Like a, how do you win the day? Just go out there and win it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like stampede over people and all these different things. And it's like, okay, cool. Like. Not my thing. Uh, the name of this book again? Just, uh, I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's called Rhinoceros Success. Um, yeah, it's, check it out. It's funny. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, all I've got to say is there's someone in Wall Street right now who's based their whole life upon that book. So, yeah. <laughs> so, he was like, hmm. <laughs> It's like seeing him walk into office. So I, I am the rhino. <laughs> I will yeah. charge this day. Yeah, that's pretty much what it told you to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyone yeah. who gets in my way will get stabbed with my mighty horn. Easy, tiger. Stop it. <laughs> it's like, you know, Could I mean, you imagine somebody walking in like that? Like, <laughs> like that's not setting people up for for success. That's just like. Um, <laughs> That's like injecting someone with dopamine or giving like a kid a sugar rush from candy and, you know, not really taking care of them after. It's just like, okay, good luck. <laughs> okay. Enjoy this candy. Okay. Like you finished it. Okay. We're going to shake you up and just let you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. what are you? I am the rhino. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, dearie me. Craziness, craziness. Now, so I have to ask, like, okay, why start a blog of all things? You could have started a YouTube channel. You could have, like, started, like, you could have wrote a book. But, yeah, the blog, uh, it's like, yeah, it's very, like, yeah, uh, early 21st century right there. <laughs> so last year. Yeah, no, well, so I, um, you know, I, I really knew that for me, these weren't things I was used to talking about. So I knew there was really like this point in my life where I was like, again, like, so I'm speaking from experience with many of these things. Like I was really chasing after money. I was, um, you know, I became a software developer because I knew that I would one, be working alone. I wouldn't have to deal with people. And two, um, it's a high paying job. So I, decided to take that or I started a computer science degree when I was in the Air Force um, about eight years ago or so. Um, mm. Never finished the degree, but did get offered, offered or did get hired as a software engineer at NASDAQ. Um, and I just That's kind of started. Organization. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, tiny little organization. Well, I got lucky. Yeah, I got, that's a whole other story, but I got really lucky with that one. And then um, I started as a junior. I worked my way up to a senior developer with them. And then I was able to leverage that into a higher salary with a different company and kind of continued that process. And, you know, I had this whole idea in my mind of, I mean, it's, it's not like I wanted to keep all the money. Like I had elaborate ideas of like um, donating and things like this, mm -hmm. but I thought financial freedom would give me like this, 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 this piece that was missing. So, um, you know, as I kind of kept investing and, and saw my net worth grow, I was just kind of like, well, I'm just feeling worse. Like I don't feel any better. So like what's going on? Um, and then I kind of realized like, well, life's about more than money. It's about, I was living very isolated, very, what does Mitch want? What does Mitch need? Mm. And at that time, that's, that's all I was able to balance. Like that's all I had the mental bandwidth for. Um, so the reason I started the blog is really because I started asking myself, well, what is the thing I'm most terrified of doing, which for me was opening up about my struggles. And what's, because that's for me is, you know, that would mean that it's the biggest area of self-growth and what will give me the most value. And I've discovered um, really inspiring people to challenge the status quo, to reflect on themselves and kind of say, you know, piss off society. I'm going to do what I want. Um, that really gives me um, that rush, like that, that energetic feeling of happiness. So that's what I want to do with the blog. And for me, writing was a lot easier because I could research, like I could look at scientific papers, I could read books and compile things. And um, I do make videos based off of that and put that on YouTube. But the main source for me is writing um, mm -hmm. just because that's kind of how my brain works. It's easier for me to get the knowledge organized that way. Yeah, because it's, it felt, well, from what I've seen, it's, you really sort of kicked off on this this year. Uh, I yes. could be wrong. Yeah, uh, I've been planning a lot longer, but uh, yeah, I I didn't start until uh, earlier this year. Mm, I see, and like this is thing like with like this is a very different endeavor from everything you've done before because okay, look, how can I put it? Um, everything's been high paced and like stressed and like yeah, must. Go, 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 go. Yeah. 
how do you balance that now where okay it's completely the other way how do you stay focused how do you keep that sort of discipline uh you know i love that yeah that's you know that's something i honestly have struggled with a lot because i was just perpetually overworked perpetually burnt out um like to the point where at in the evenings i tended to have such a bad headache that either i would just smoke weed or cancel plants with friends because i just you know i was like hustling all day i just mm. i just you know um i want to distract myself from the emptiness i was feeling right so how do i learn about balance well honestly embracing the inner child it sounds foolish it sounds silly but we grow up and we get taught responsibility and paying the bills and having a certain image and we all forget about just having fun like just the simple joy in life so how do i balance it well if i you know, if I feel um, a little bit overloaded with work, I'll take my dogs out to the park and I'll just lay in the grass for like an hour, read a little bit, you know, just simple things like that. Or I'll go, that's why I love San Diego so much because I can go uh, to the water and go surf or I can just, you know, at night, I love going in the water at night because it's so dark and you stay kind of close to the shore, but just floating in the water and it's just such a reset, just these basic things that for me, a common theme is nature for other people uh, it might be more indoor activities. Um, but how I really balance it is by asking myself, what does my body need in this moment? Like, does it need food? Does it need rest? Does it need sunshine? Does it need water? Um, really taking the time to, to ask my, my body and my mind what it needs, rather than being really concerned with what other people are expecting of me. Uh -huh. It sounds very freeing. Uh, it it yeah. sounds very, like, very relaxing. But, like, this is the thing. There must be days where it's like, okay, I need to get started. I need to, like, yeah. get something done. So, sort of, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I, I don't have as much of a problem personally um, getting started. The only problem I've noticed, if you force yourself to get started when you're – for example, writing, right? Like a lot of creative work, it's just really hard to get started. If you're, you can't really force that. Like that has to kind of has to come to you. Um, so my approach is more so rest until I feel ready to do something. It used to be the other way around where I forced myself to keep working. And then it took eight hours to do what I do in one hour now, because I just wait until I have an idea of what I want to work on and it kind of starts taking some shape and then I actually start implementing it. Um, but I also keep myself accountable. You know, that's another part of it. Like I think the extreme where I've been of always hustling and pushing yourself and having a million different habits and million different expectations is going to wear you out. The other side of, you know, sitting in a yoga pose all day or in a meditation pose all day, um, waiting for instructions from the universe is not going to really show up and materialize any success in life either. Like you have to find kind of this midpoint, I think. So the way I do that is by every Sunday, I look at my week and I say, this is when I get, when I get done on Mondays. This is when I get done on Tuesdays. Right. And I just kind of set my targets and I keep myself accountable to them. And um, one really big thing that helps is sharing it with people because accountability, public accountability tends to work really well for people. And another thing that works really well, really well is habit tracking. 
So like I have about six to 10 habits or so that I track every day, like um, my morning ritual, um, my meditation, um, taking my dogs on a walk, um, helping out a friend, um, these sorts of things like I track every day and you kind of get like an insight um, on an accountability aspect of what you're doing. And, and that's kind of how I, how I keep the balance by both resting until I'm ready to work as well as from the other side, setting expectations, setting intentions and tracking my, um, tracking my habits, the things that are important to me. Mm, no, I like that. I like that a lot because like, this is the thing. Um, I would, like, I would say with regards to much of life, I would say there are people, like, and I'll class myself in this sort of realm, people which are in that sort of survival mode yeah. And it's one of those things, being able to turn that off uh, is yeah. incredibly difficult. Uh, like, yeah, like if you ask me when I was in my sort of late 20s, like early 30s, like what, like if it was a scale from one to 10, there where one is like, yeah, totally chill. And 10 is like, okay, I'm, yeah fight or flight type mode, I'd say, yeah, uh, forget the one to 10. I'm at around about a 20, you know? Yeah. And I'm purple. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to sort of take that off, it makes you act, well, it made me act in uh, not so much destructive ways, but it was a case of not sort of like ways of looking to the future. It's like the yeah. here and now. Like, yes. do this now, do this right now. This, it's like, oh, save money. No, we got to just do this here now and yeah. not being able to sort of sometimes see long-term plans. Like, yeah. would you say you have that sort of same trait at times? And if you do, if you did, what level between one to 10 would you say you're at? Well, you're looking straight into my soul here. Um, I would say... Um... A million. I, you know, I, I think, I think that's why I, I am so resistant against letting people take control of my time or letting people dictate the terms in which I live life now, because I was, especially because of the traumatic experiences I, w I went through as a child in my teenage years, mm -hmm. I was stuck in that flight or fight response. Like for me, it wasn't like some days I had that I lived like that every single day of my life. Like I relied on adrenaline just to feel something. Like I did all sorts of stupid shit. I've had multiple near death experiences just because I was so stuck in that flight or fight response and not being able to have a bandwidth for anything else. So I know exactly what you mean. And that's why I feel it's so important to get out of that. And the way to do that is to check in with your body and be like, um, what does my body need? Why do I feel this way? It can be emotional things, right? In the case of trauma, usually it's unresolved thought patterns or beliefs, but it can also be um, not eating the right way or not exercising the right way or not sleeping the right way. It's really getting curious about what your body is feeling and your mind are doing and trying to find a solution for that as well as absolutely like having some sort of hope for the future. So when I say, you know, you touch on something really interesting by saying like being so stuck in how you're feeling now that that you're not thinking about the future um and having a hope for the future is really important so when i was talking about setting intentions and things like that 
those are based on like a one year or a three year vision. So I think a really important thing to do is think about like, how do I want to live three years from now? Like, how do I want to show up to my family or, or do I want to have a family by then? Like, what kind of people do I want to have around me? Like, what is my work situation going to be like? What is my personal life going to be like? What's my body going to look like? And having kind of an exciting plan for the future, um, something that gives you hope, as well as being able to check in with what do my mind and body need at this specific instant, I think is a really good way to get out of that stress response. Indeed, indeed. So like, this is the thing. So with what you said, and like, you know what I mean? I love it, I know. But like, what, like, what does the future look like to you now compared to what you used to think the future looked like to you back then when you were in the hustle and grind? Interesting. Yeah. So to be entirely honest with you, when I was in the hustle and grind, I would say I did have an idea of the future, but it was very uh, abstract. It was words um, versus now it's more of a picture. Like back then it was, uh, I even have like lots of stuff written down um, in my notes where uh, I created mantras and such around financial freedom and where the idea was, I will be completely financial. You were the rhino. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why I hated it. <laughs> it's everything you see is a reflection of yourself, right? Hey. Or, um, and and the idea was very much about me taking care of me and not needing anyone else, not needing an employer, not needing to be dependent on anything else. Um, that was my plan for the future. And then I was like, I'll figure out what I want by then. Like if I'm sitting on a load of cash. I can live wherever I want. Um, I can do whatever I want and I'll figure it out then. Versus now, uh, my plan for the future is just to continue living life exactly as I am, but step more into the things um, that I really enjoy doing, such as travel. So um, like I would really like to go all across like Latin America and surf. Um, like just a few weeks ago, I went to Mexico for the first time. I drove down there to go do that. Um, and, you know, just kind of continuing to do those things, but instead of doing it for a week, doing it for like three months at a time, um, or maybe for a year at a time. So it's doing what I'm doing now, but with a more and more emphasis on um, the things that I want to do and the, the value I provide to other people. So, um, for example, I'm working on a book right now. I'm in the future. I'm also going to start coaching and um, keynote speaking um, and all of that plan for the future is what do I see myself doing? It's, I see myself building stronger communities and inspiring people. That's, that's what I see myself doing. Interesting. Like, ah, like traveling down to Mexico. Well, you are practically next door. So yeah, uh, it's all good on that side of things. And like, yeah, building communities. I think it's one of those things where, ah, how can I say, we are, so connected in so many ways but it's junk food connections uh if you get what i mean so the sort of realm of quality and building that sort of community i've look i i've got thousands of people i'm like connected to on linkedin say uh like yeah to be absolutely honest, um, there I will not lie. There are some connections where if they sat down next to me on the train, 
I wouldn't recognize them and vice versa. Uh, it, uh, like the, that part, that vanity metric when it's like, oh, yeah, nonsense. But right. uh, like have a community where, yes, one person's there for the other and then like, you know what I mean, supporting each other is, it's seems to be a rare thing. But I think it's one of those things where because we are like bombarded with so much of this other information out there, I think it's now become kind of an illusion that it's not there anymore, but it is. And I think people yeah. really are hungry for it and they're looking for any way to get it, either through like living in a certain area or through joining groups or like, yeah, taking part in activities, you know? Absolutely. I've noticed the same thing. I, I used to think like, I, I think for a majority of my life, I felt like I was the only one that had those feelings. But the mm. more I lean into this, the more I've started realizing how many people there are out there like this, like um, groups, um, memberships, local people. There are so many people that think along the same lines. And the more you lean into that, the more you embrace it, the more you you become, you expose it, you know? the more you attract those people. I'm mm. sure you have the same experience. Like, this is the thing. Like, it's one of those things, like, with regards to, okay, there are, like, withdrawing is easy. Having that sort of realm of solitude is easy. Look, put it this way. When the world was locked down, like, I was perfectly fine. My lady was bouncing off the walls. She was like, and, and but I was like, yeah. Okay, I didn't have access to the gym, but I had running shoes. I would, I would run, like, do my thing, come back, fine. Like, yes, I was on, a like, the government furlough scheme over here. So it was like, look, I didn't need to worry about cash. And it was just, I was, I, like, if I wasn't with my lady and I was doing that by my, I, I think I would have been perfectly fine. Uh, mentally, <laughs> it's like, mentally fine. Right. But I would have been, I would have atrophied as a person where yeah. it comes to actually knowing myself, like with regards to the world and society, I would have atrophied in myself in regards to like, yeah, basically getting to that next level of whoever I meant to evolve into through like the different experiences. It's yeah. just... I think it, that's much of the things where I think many of us sort of forget that. And look, I think it's very much easier for guys to do this. Look, look, when it comes to like ladies, it's that part of, I don't know. Uh, tell you mm, this story. Look, I, like, I've worked in summer camps for five summers. Like one, like one time in like, Virginia and the other four times in upstate New York for an organization called the Fresh Air Fund. We like it was like the first like orientation week, and like we're all like everyone was in the pool, everything like this. All the guys, girls, it was like, yeah, having a great time. Then one girl got up and then just sat on the side of the pool. It was like then two three every girl got out of the pool and they sat down on the side 
and they were just chatting. It was done in such a way that every guy was like, going, what the hell is this? But that interconnected, it was like, right. We were like, okay, but oh no, <laughs> something different very much is going on in that click than what we were on as guys, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Freaked. It freaked everyone else out. But yeah. that's one of the things I think ladies have the advantage on when it comes to guys being out there in the world. I think guys, when it comes to it, we are sometimes a very sort of isolationist. And like I've said to a couple of friends, like, yeah, if you wanted to make your fella like ultimately really happy, just come up to him and go, look, here's some like here's some food and stuff like this. You don't need to do anything for the next like for the whole day. Anything. I went, yeah, you're more likely you just like look at you and feel like the the greatest love for you than he's ever felt before. Literally Christ. It's so true. It's just one it's like right. I was like, yeah. I said to this last week, like, on, like get, let him watch his favorite films and just leave, just go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That is so true. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> That's a like, little glimpse into my mindset, but you know what I mean. No, I, I agree. And I mean, I'm the same way. And that's why I think, you know, again, you come back to like diversity being such a strong, uh, you know, because like you have some people that have that personality and other people have a different personality and kind of it comes together and it creates conflict too but once that conflict gets resolved it it enables everyone to get it's a very smart survival um survival aspect of evolution really um but uh i've I've noticed the very same things too and and either can go overboard you know because if you are if you're way too introverted to the point where you isolate yourself that um, this is a lot of like the engineers that I talked to, right? Cause I'm a software engineer. You see a lot of engineers do this where it becomes really easy to isolate yourself because you're working remotely. And like, maybe the most you're doing is chatting with people. Mm. Um, it doesn't like, no matter how introverted you are, um, you need some of those, just like you need certain nutrients, you know, you need certain interactions. So like, if you go to one extreme, everything in balance again, like if you go to one extreme, then you're not going to be happy either. And it's the same with the other side. Like if you always go out and, you know, you're out drinking in the pub, like every, every day, then you're not going to feel, be feeling great either. Like there has to be like this balance, but yeah, still your point is entirely valid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I go, you know, my favorite days, like my favorite days are still, um, like, you know, th- when it comes to like self-care days where I just get like a bunch of, I don't know, food, like, I don't know, all these different like pizzas or bread, whatever. I just get everything I can. And all I do is like cheeses. All I do is stay at home and just like read books or maybe watch some TV. I love sci-fi and just stuff my face with food all day long. And I'm just like, everyone leave me alone. Even if my dogs come up to me, I'm like, go outside, leave me alone. You know, and it's just like those days where you're just kind of like. I don't know. I still get those days and they're amazing. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. I have, wait, uh, you mentioned sci-fi. What is the best sci-fi TV series there is? This is going to be. Oh God, this is, you're going to hang up or you might hang up on me after this one, but I, I do happen to think it's, well, okay. It's kind of a tie between Star Trek and the expanse for me. Like this is the thing. Now, 
the expanse, in my opinion, uh-huh. is the greatest science fiction show there is. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to Star Trek, uh, you got to be careful. Look, okay, look, yeah. like Star Trek Discovery, I watched it because I didn't have any Star Trek when they like when they brought um oh what is uh McFarlane oh oh the Orville I was like I'm, yeah that's oh yeah 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 oh I love it it's so yeah. good yeah it's I was so like I'm, this is Star Trek Discovery yeah. don't know what you're going on but it's like yeah but when they yeah. brought out Star Trek Strange New Worlds oh that's that, my favorite one that is a fantastic show now like, oh yeah. yes uh, yeah, look, this way. Now, um, look, just telling my lady one of the stories, like when, like, I literally, well, we, like, we've got a new baby, and like, yeah, she's like three months old, and everything like this. Congrats. I told her the story where you've watched all the episodes, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, when they're in the nebula, and okay. and basically the daughter, like, yeah, like. The do- like the dad had to let his daughter go, mm-hmm. and like yeah, I, t- I said yeah, blah, blah, blah. and then the daughter came back. I'm sorry, guys, if you haven't watched it, spoilers all over. And like the daughter came back and like literally like had her in tears, just like <laughs> and she didn't watch it. I was just like yeah, excellent. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the next season of that. Unfortunately, there's going to be no more expanses because. Which well, they butchered it. I read all the books. I have them somewhere. Uh, yeah, the books are even better. Um, they, they, I mean, the series is amazing. The last, they just didn't do that great on the last one. But there is more books, I think. Um, and then I was actually just googling this, but Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, because I was like googling when the next season's coming out. Um, just last night, and it's going to be like expected somewhere in 2023. So we're you know, we're going to have to wait a couple of months, unfortunately, but we can keep rewatching the first season. That's what it, I would do. It's close. It's close. But yeah. Uh, it's too far. Yeah. Well, you see, that also says something about you as well. Like, if you're down with this whole Star Trek side of things, uh, yeah, you're like, yeah. You're, like, you see the future as an optimist, sir. Oh, absolutely. I was talking, like, I actually have a couple of friends, uh, engineers, too. We do, like, Star Trek nights. Huh? Uh yeah, and uh, you know, wait, we, wait. When you say you do Star Trek nights, uh-huh. like what era of Star Trek? Oh well, it, I mean, we we've been watching uh, Discovery, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then next up is Strange New Worlds because I've been telling them like that one's way better. Mm. Oh. Um, but I mean, most of them they would probably be like kind of the Voyager area. That's probably I mean that's what I grew up with, so. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Voyager broke my lady. She was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, went, I went, yeah, she goes, yeah, let's start watching Voyager. I went, uh, I went, are you sure? <laughs> like, going, she went, yeah, no worries. Because one of the things I know about network TV, like, mm-hmm. yeah, standard network TV, it's 22 to 24 episodes for a yeah. season. Yeah. And Voyager is a long show. <laughs> it's like, and like there, there are certain times where it's like, um, wow, this like there's certain section like before seven of nine, uh, like showed up, uh, it was getting a little bit like, eh, you're kind of like losing it there. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, I agree. Like I used to love it, but now I watch it. I'm like, okay, like I I can't watch the whole episode. <laughs> I need it a little faster. There's yeah. still like a couple of favorite episodes. Like obviously the season seven last episode. I think it's Endgame. Okay. Uh, yes. That one's really good when they bring Voyager home. Um, or Scorpion is really good when they work together with the Borg. Yes. Um, but most of them, it's just yeah, it's kind of like okay, this is just carrying on a little bit long. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, <laughs> I could wax lyrical about like sci-fi with you for quite some time, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that because our time is like yes, almost an at end. And yes, I I might be keeping up a small child. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Before like before you see the door, so like and like a pair of hands come around my left. You're in trouble. Okay. Okay, <laughs> got to end the podcast here. <laughs> oh my, oh my family, I love them. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. no. no, don't die. We need to talk about Star Trek more. There's like five people I can talk to about. I want to live. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Okay. Um, well, what, like, last question, final question of this wonderful time together. Now, what would be something you really were grateful for over the last, say, year or so? My friends. Um, they made me realize that nothing is worth doing without other people um no accomplishment no achievement is worth anything everything is relative to the people you care about perfect you know what i'm gonna end it there on the, the high point of gratitude for your friends uh giving you that worth and like self-worth and belief it's good it's good yeah absolutely. Uh, mitch how can people find you out there on these big wide internets? The World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. Well, they can go to www. No, just kidding. They can go to either uh, the debuglife.com is where I uh, post my blogs at. Um, I'm also pretty active on Instagram where I like kind of just share um, the crazy stuff my dogs do. They're husky, so they're pretty batshit insane. Um, and like my <laughs> morning routine and other habits that I do, I kind of keep all that updated there and the things I write about. And that's my handle there. It's just uh, the debug life. Um, debugging as in like removing the bugs from software. So uh, yeah. Hey, excellent. I will put all of the content information into the show notes, into the descriptions. So yes, find Mitch, go out there and yeah, go on his blog and yeah, just connect with him all over. Well, that sounded a little bit wrong there, but let's just connect with him. Oh, do it. Do <laughs> Is that going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's down with it. So, yeah, connect with him however you want to be connected with. Hey, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm... <laughs> I say nothing else. <laughs> and those, there come the hand strangling you. <laughs> uh, okay, easy, easy. <laughs> Is that, yeah. But, like, I'd like to say thank you for you coming on today. It's a, been a pleasure, an honor, a delight. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was awesome. I hope forward to talk to you soon again. Oh, indeed, indeed. If I survive, 
if I if I survive. Yes. <laughs> I like to say yes. Thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors, for sticking with us uh to the very end. Please stay well, stay safe, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive things you can be in this world and then some. Hey, keep pushing forward. Yeah, baby. And we are